Ladies and gentlemen, I'm Jesse DePlanis. I'm coming to Only Believe Ministries once again there in Botkins, Ohio. Peter and Phyllis, I'm looking forward to see you there Saturday, January the 2nd at 6.30 p.m. And then Sunday, January the 3rd at 10 a.m. Bring a friend, share a miracle. We'll always start our year out right there at Only Believe Ministries. Why? Because isn't that wonderful to have that kind of name? Only Believe. I'll see you Saturday, January the 2nd at 6.30 p.m. and Sunday, January the 3rd at 10 a.m. Bring a friend, share a miracle. We're going to have a wonderful time. 2021 is coming, and it's about time we start having a great time. See you there. Good evening, Only Believe family, and Merry Christmas Eve. Merry Christmas. It's awesome to be with family and friends tonight and a time that we get to celebrate the birth of Christ together. If you're a visitor here tonight, first of all, we'd like to say thank you for coming. We know a lot of you are in town visiting with family and friends as well. We welcome you to our family of faith tonight. If you want to know more information about the church, you can grab a card from the in front of you. You can grab it right out of the pew and you can fill it out and we'd love to give you more information about our church if this is your first time here and you're local and you'd like to make this your home church. If not, we're just glad that you're visiting with your family and friends. I want to remind you of two things. One is 21 days of prayer. We kick that off starting January 3rd through January 24th. We will be praying in the sanctuary here at 7 p.m. together as a family of faith. If you can't make it between 7 and 8, that's okay. The church will be open throughout the day. You could come in and do your prayer based on your work schedule or your family schedule, something like that. I know some there's mom and dad. You need to switch off until your husband gets home, or you can bring your kids and let them color and do what they do for an hour while we tarry. Amen. Also, I want to remind you that we have small groups. They're starting January the 6th. 
with a worship night. We're going to give praise and thanksgiving, have some testimonies that Wednesday night before we get started in our small groups. And then the 12th will start. There are six groups. Sign up is limited. So if you want to be a part of the sixth group, six groups, there's one on marriage. There's multiple things out there. If you need help in a certain area, I'm sure we've got a group for you. But again, they are limited, so we need to sign up. So tonight, if you would, stand to your feet. We're going to begin our service in praise and worship of our Savior. Let's be 
shout of praise tonight. We're grateful. We're grateful. We're grateful. Yes, Jesus.
much I love you, how much I care for you. The things that you may have done, you have no idea how much I will cover with my blood. Some of you may be wondering what to get me for my birthday this year. I hear it in your hearts and I hear it in your mind. I'm going to say one thing to you. Return to the heart of worship. Come back to me.
would take your seats. We are going to read the greatest story that's ever been told. The true Christmas story. Amen. Merry Christmas, everyone. Tonight I get the great joy and privilege of reading the scriptures concerning the birth of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. But before I begin, I'd like to invite the children to come down and join me out down front, if they'd like to, on the floor. For those of you who have your Bible on the floor, so we watch the candles. For those of you that have your Bibles, we're going to be reading from the Gospel of Luke. Chapter 2. And it says in verse 1, And it came to pass in those days that there went out a decree from Caesar Augustus that all the world should be taxed. And this taxing was first made when Cyrenius was governor of Syria. And all went to be taxed, everyone into his own city. And Joseph also went up from Galilee unto the city of Nazareth, unto Judea, unto the city of David, which is called Bethlehem, because he was of the house and lineage of David, to be taxed with Mary, his espoused wife, being great with child. And so it was that while they were there, the days were accomplished that she should be delivered. And she brought forth her firstborn son and wrapped him in swaddling clothes and laid him in a manger because there was no room for him at the inn. And there were in that same country shepherds abiding in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. And lo, the angel of the Lord came upon them, and the glory of the Lord shone round about them, and they were sore afraid. And the angel said unto them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which shall be to all people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. And this shall be a sign unto you, you shall find the babe wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the, with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace, goodwill towards men. And it came to pass as the angels were gone away from them into heaven, the shepherds said one to another, Let us now go even unto Bethlehem to see this thing which has come to pass which the Lord hath made known unto us. And they came with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the babe lying in a manger. And when they had seen it, they made known abroad the saying which was told them concerning this child. And all they that heard it wondered at those things which were told them by the shepherds. But Mary kept all these things and pondered them in her heart. And the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all the things that they had heard and seen, as it was told unto them. And when eight days were accomplished for the circumcising of the child, his name was called Jesus, which was so named of the angel before he was conceived in the womb. And when the days of her purification according to the law of Moses were accomplished, they brought him to Jerusalem to present him to the Lord. As it is written in the law of the Lord, every male that openeth the womb shall be called holy unto the Lord, 
and to offer sacrifice according to that which is said in the law of the Lord, a pair of turtle doves or two young pigeons. And behold, there was a man in Jerusalem whose name was Simeon, and the same man was just and devout, waiting for the consolation of Israel, and the Holy Ghost was upon him. And it was revealed unto him by the Holy Ghost that he should not see death before he had seen the Lord's Christ. And he came by the Spirit into the temple, and when the parents brought in the child Jesus to do for him after the custom of the law, then he took him up in his arms and blessed God and said, Lord, now let us thy servant depart in peace according to thy word, for in mine eyes have seen thy salvation, which thou hast prepared before the face of all people, a light to lighten the Gentiles and the glory of thy people Israel. And Joseph and his mother marveled at those things which were spoken of him. And Simeon blessed them and said unto Mary his mother, Behold, this child is set for the fall and the rising of many in Israel and for a sign which will be spoken against. Yea, a sword shall pierce through his own soul also that the thoughts of many hearts may be revealed. And there was one Anna, a prophetess, the daughter of Phanuel of the tribe of Aser, And she was of great age and had lived with her husband seven years from her virginity. And she was a widow of about fourscore and four years, which departed not from the temple, but served God with fasting and prayers night and day. And she coming in at that instant gave thanks likewise unto the Lord and spake of him to all that looked for the redemption of Jerusalem. And when they had performed all things according to the law of the Lord, they returned unto Galilee to their own city, Nazareth. And the child grew and waxed strong in spirit, filled with wisdom, and the grace of God was upon him. That which brought joy to the shepherds some 2,000 years ago still brings us joy today. We celebrate and recognize the birth of our Lord Jesus Christ because it is the foundation of our faith. Amen? Amen. 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 God bless you. You may go back to your seats. of year along with Easter this is time where it seemed like hatred comes to an end people that have never done any good begin to be stirred to do good seemed like our eyes are open to those that have needs those that need help and some way we open up the treasures that we've labored and worked for because we want to be a part of blessing them. And certainly there is a spirit of blessing upon the earth at this time. As Eric was commenting and reading the Christmas story, there are several groups of people I want to bring out because someplace in that group of people, four groups of people, we find ourselves. Somewhere we are in there. And as we look at the scriptures, we can see ourselves. The first one was 
a king called Herod. Herod was the one that sent the wise men when they told him that there is a new star in the heavens. We believe that this is the star of a savior that has been prophesied to be born in Bethlehem. And Herod, entirely too busy, he wanted to hear the story, he wanted to have information, and you've met people like that. Maybe you're one of them that, you know, they want to know information. They want to be able to talk about a point. They want to bring things out about something. They want to seem like they are in the know. But in all of that, Herod had no, no intent of worshiping Jesus. He had an intent, a plan to destroy the Savior of the world because he was insignificant in Herod's eyes because Herod was the king. Who else has a greater voice than Herod? And so the story goes and Herod got so infuriated with the wise men not coming back and telling him where this child was that he had every child slew from the age of two on down. That was a great day of great sorrow. Herod had no intention of ever receiving Jesus Christ. And some of you are here tonight and you've come as an invitation and certainly this, the celebration of the season is here and we count this a holy time but there is no intent in you receiving Jesus Christ as your personal Savior. You want to say, I went to church and I did that, and that's fine. But the thing about Herod was that he died. And Herod never came face to face with Jesus. Then there was the innkeeper. Now the innkeeper certainly is a you know, entrepreneur. I want to get as much as I can, but there are times that we just have to do certain things that are just right. I mean, the woman is pregnant with a child. If it had been me, I'd have went to door number one and said, get up, get out. I have need of this room. Just common courtesy would have told you that we need to make room for people that have needs and people that are in pressure cookers and stresses and, and are being torn each way. And each and every one of us need to take time for people like that. But this man in the end said, you know what, I don't have time, nor do I have space. And that comes to the second type of person is the people that just know what it's going to take. It's going to take a sacrifice. It's going to take something being incorporated, being activated, but they don't want to be bothered. I've heard it said this way. I'm just not ready to be a Christian right now. Then we move on to a group of shepherds don't have much. They're watching 
sheep, making sure that they're safe, moving them from pasture to pasture, water source to water source, separated from most people. But they hear this angelic visitation. They see the heavens light up with these beings that cannot be described in human verbiage. They just glow. They, they can't understand it. But they hear very distinctly, unto you this day is a Savior born. Their hearts lit up. See, they had something that most people have for moments, but they dismiss it. They had a revelation. It illuminated their mind that if a Savior come, then I must need saved. And so they rose and they left what they had. They didn't worry about what's going to happen to the sheep. They wanted to see the Savior, the Son of God, the only begotten Son of God, not one of many, but the only one that was sent on a goodwill mission to tell you that God's not mad at you, but He does require of you to appear before a king and to acknowledge that Jesus Christ was the Son of God. God requires that of every man because we have all sinned and come short of the glory of God. Now, I'm sure that many of you think that, well, you know, Jesus isn't significant, yet, you know, I'm not going to die for years. That's not true. We are only one breath away from death. We take life in at one breath, and we let it go just as fast. Now, I know that you're invincible. I know you're at the top of the pinnacle. I know you're at the top of the game. I know everything's going great. But it is appointed that a man wants to die, and we're all going to die someday. Maybe you're like the inn. Not now. I just have no place in my life for Jesus right now. I know it's pressing that he must come into my heart. I know that it's pressing that I acknowledge him. I know that it's pressing that I make room for him. But not today. Maybe you're like one of the shepherd boys out on that hill that heard just like, maybe you've heard it a hundred times as these shepherds boys had in the area of the synagogue hearing all the time that behold, a virgin shall bring forth a son and you shall call his name Emmanuel. I mean, it must have seemed like a fairy tale. How in the world does a virgin have a child? How in the world could this ever happen? This is like a real over-the-top moment. This is like 
a miracle, real miracle. But it just seemed like a fantasy. But when they heard it from the angels, they left it all. Because it's required. Jesus said, come and follow me and I will make you fishers of men. The disciples got out of the boats, left businesses, left homes, families, and they followed Jesus. But then there were other people that said, I'd like to follow you, but I need to bury my father. Jesus said, no, let the dead bury the dead. Your moment right now to accept eternal life is here. You have to make a decision. You don't love me more than mother or father, brother or sister. You can't be a part of salvation. He that will pick up his cross daily and follow me, that's who finds life. So there is something, and I will not tell you that the gospel is free and salvation is free because it's absolutely not. It costs Jesus his life and it will cost you your life. If you don't love him with all your heart, your soul, and your mind, and your strength, then you can't follow him. Then here comes the group that we call wise men. They hear, they contemplate, they realize that they are separated from God and that Christ Jesus himself and him alone is the only mediator between God and man. And the only way that a man can be saved is to confess him with his mouth and follow in his ways. Jesus doesn't ask us to be perfect, but he asks us to make an all-out effort to do our best in a world that is filled with man's worst. And he asks you to do your best. Doesn't ask you to do something you can't do. He asks you to do what you can do. You may attempt it, fall five, six, seven, eight times, a thousand times, it doesn't matter. Get back up. Because Jesus sees the intent and the motive not just your accomplishments. These wise men come and they kneel. I'm sure that these wise men were men of great wealth. They were known, they were sought out for the councils, for nations, for war, for kings, for princes. King Herod had them at his hand, his beckon. They were very well off. And when they come, I'm sure they didn't come in swaddling clothes to match the Savior that they were going to kneel before. They come in garments, maybe spun with gold, silk, laced, really designers, creations that astounded the human eye. And they went into that stable. And they knelt down in that stable. They didn't worry about 
what would happen to their clothes. They didn't worry about the smell. They didn't worry about anything because you can't surrender your life to Jesus on your conditions. You have to give your life to Jesus on his conditions. Sometimes we forget that he is God. And it's in him do we live and move and have our being. He possesses the very breath of our life. We think sometimes God's only purpose is to rotate around our life so that we get the most out of it for us. But that's really not our commitment to Christ. Our commitment to Christ is that we lay it all down and we kneel in whatever life has dealt us. We don't worry about what it looks like when we leave his presence or what people think of us when we leave that place of surrender, but that we actually give our life to Christ. And that we say, this day is a Savior born, not just a Savior, but He is my personal Savior. You are in one of the categories of the people that I talked about tonight. Each and every one of us are. I remember when I gave my life to Christ in front of a closet door in our bedroom on a Sunday morning by myself. And all I had was the faith that God would not lie. I had no feelings, I had anything. I, I didn't get chill bumps, doors didn't shine, nothing like that. I just said, they have told me that I need Jesus Christ as my personal Savior. They say that He can take away my sins. And I knelt there in front of that closet door and I said, Jesus, come into my heart. See, Jesus did things for us. He came as a child. He lived as a sinless man. He died as a sacrificial lamb. He was buried in with the transgressors but on the third day, God himself raised him from the dead. Now he is seated as a king, and he is seated as a soon-coming conqueror. He did all of that for you. Now, you may be like Herod. You may be like the innkeeper. You may be like the shepherd boys. Or you may be like the wise men. But you're here tonight. And you're here tonight because you believe. You believe in something. You believe in Jesus Christ. 
The Bible says that God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. The whole motivation of Jesus coming was God loved you. God paid the price. He has to give his son. Your price to receive that is whosoever believeth on him. The reward is you will not perish, be separated from God eternally, but you will experience eternal life. The choice is yours tonight. Hallelujah. Fellas, may I have that communion? Thank you, sweetheart. Tonight, we're going to receive communion. But if you are here tonight and you're not a Christian, see this wafer and this symbolic juice of the blood is a declaration of faith in Jesus Christ. And we are to take it as servants that follow him. But if you're here tonight and you don't know Jesus Christ, as your personal savior. Maybe you're a backslider, never been saved, whatever it might be. I'm going to ask us to please all stand to our feet tonight. And if you are here and you're not a Christian or if you're here and you're a backslider, I'm going to ask you as a confession of your faith to step out of the seat, wherever you are in the sanctuary, and come down here, and I want to receive communion with you as your first act of your expression of faith. If you're here tonight, you're not a Christian, and you're making a decision to receive Jesus Christ as your personal Savior, would you please allow me the honor of your first communion in Christ. If that's you, please step out in the aisle and come down. Please come. Wherever you are, come. Come. You brought a friend, please ask them, are they ready to receive Jesus? May I have a communion service, please? Thank you, Phyllis. Thank you, Jason. Phyllis got one. Thank you, Jason. You got one. Man, you're ahead of the game. I'm going to ask you to take this with your family. The Bible says that Paul received this declaration of the sacraments of the church and he said Jesus appeared unto me and he said take eat this bread this is my body that was broken for you this is where the curse is absorbed 
by Jesus' substitutionary work. It's his righteous life for our unrighteous life. It's his blessing for our curse. It's his broken body for our wholeness. And Jesus said, when you do this, you do show faith in my coming to you and my sacrifice for you until the day I come. Let us eat. Then in front of Paul, he takes the cup. And he said, this is my blood which was shed for you. It was shed by every stripe that he bore, by every hand that smote him, by the spear that pierced his side, by the crown that pierced his head, by the nails that went into his hands and his feet. And he says, as you do this in remembrance of me, you do show faith in the power of your righteousness that I've given to you because your blood, my blood has washed away your sins. I believe that is still true today. Let us drink. Congratulations, young man. What's your name? Bling. Glad to meet you, sir. Glad that you had courage enough to do what very few people do. God bless you. Hallelujah. Randy, would you make sure he gets a book on Christianity? All right. Thank you, Randy. Thank you, Blaine. Now, it's my great privilege that we do every year, and it goes for all types of stuff, is that I get to receive the offering before we end this service. Hallelujah. Somebody say, Hallelujah. Yeah, you're right. Hallelujah. As the wise men come, they brought gold, frankincense, and myrrh. Things of great value. And what happened was that jo Joseph and Mary used those financial gifts. And they used them to support Jesus for the first two years of his life while he was in Egypt waiting for Herod's time to die. When we give tonight, it is an expression of our love, it's an expression of our faith. We have been giving to all types of people. We're giving to people that, I, I got a card today that said thank you for the money. And uh, so I thought maybe Phil, Phyllis had went someplace and needed Somebody go with her and she'd hired somebody. And I said, who is this guy? Who is Jake? She said, he's the mailman. I said, did I give him money? She said, I gave him your money. And I understood that. But Jake, in my eyes, I really don't know Jake. I'm thankful he delivers my mail. But we blessed Jake. because we thanked him for his service. So tonight, we're going to receive this offering. 
goes into the general fund to run everything that happens in the church. And believe me, there's lots that's happening. But tonight as you give your best, because God gave his best, the wise men gave their best. The ladies that followed Jesus gave their best. And if we give our best, then we know that we put God at his rightful place first. And so I asked you to do your best tonight on this Christmas Eve where they knocked on the door, said, do you have a room? No. But thank God, God had a plan. Amen. Father, I ask you, as men and women give their best tonight, I ask you, God, to do just what you said you would do, is to bless, bless God, the giver, bless the seed, and give God increase. Father, we thank you for Jesus Christ. What else could a man ask? For in Christ Jesus is healing of our brokenness, healing of our hurt, restoration of relationships, God, renewal of life itself, and God, joy unspeakable, and faith. God, we thank you for sending your son that by him you meet every one of our needs according to his death, his burial, and his resurrection as he's seated in heavenly places as we tonight have expressed our faith that he shall return on that great and notable day of the Lord in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Stand your feet and bring your offering into the Lord. Can I have my family make their way right up here? Hallelujah. Our family and I want to share our light, our testimony, our commitment to Jesus Christ with you. So we are going to light these candles. And then what we're going to do is we're going to share them one with another. They need to turn out the lights. Yes, can you turn out the lights so we can see what's <laughs> bright?
And then we ask that you share it with someone. And all through this Christmas celebration, please share your light with someone. Tell them about Jesus Christ. We are so glad that you joined us tonight. We're on a journey. We're on a mission to tell everyone about Jesus Christ and to finish the race and to obtain eternal life. Never turn back. If you're weary, get somebody to help you. If you're down and discouraged, please rise up and ask someone to walk with you. Never give up on Jesus because he never gives up on you. Do not stray from him because he will not leave you. Stay as close to him as you possibly can. My wife says that bananas that are by themselves are peeled. They are the ones that get ate first. Yeah, there you go. Thank you. A banana that's not in the bunch or loose from the bunch gets ate first. We don't ever want to be loose from the bunch. No, amen. So from our family to your families, where's Quentin at? He's bringing the rest of the family, your other granddaughters. The hairy ones. Oh, sure. <laughs> uh, Here they come. The teacup dogs that turn into Bring the granddogs. 
These are the dogs of the children's church. Hallelujah. So, from our family to your family, to all those that you will encounter over this season of celebration of Christian faith. Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year. God bless you.